Two rounds into the revitalized NRL season for 2020. Round four is done and dusted. And welcome to Steve's NRL footy tips for round five, SFT. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. And let's address the elephant in the room straight off the bat. Last week, I recorded the podcast on a Wednesday. Usually I record it on Tuesday afternoon, so a little bit late. Um, and I was feeling slightly off about it. wasn't feeling completely happy. Was it the fact that I missed the Dragons-Bulldogs game? I forgot to record my prediction for that because I forgot there was a Monday game on uh, this past week. Maybe. But maybe the reason was the fact that I only got three out of eight footy tips correct. And that, let me tell you right now, is not good enough. I'm used to, uh, I'm used to, and I expect to get at least five a week correctly. I'm going for six a week, and three out of eight is not good enough at all. So, terrible week. I apologize for that one, guys. Let's hope I can have an improved round five. Let's hope I can get my first perfect round of the week. And I want to thank you guys for all your continued support on uh, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, anywhere you can get this podcast. Thank you for liking the Facebook page. If you haven't already, please like it. It's Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Um, and thank you guys for listening each and every week. Let's get straight to round five of the National Rugby League for 2020. And round five kicks off at Central Coast Stadium on Thursday night at 7.50pm when the Manly Seagulls take on the Brisbane Broncos. A very important two points to play for in this match. Of course, both of these teams coming off round four losses. Very different circumstances uh, for each of them. We'll start with the Manly Seagulls. They took on probably the form team in the competition on Saturday nights when they play the Parramatta Eels. I did tip Manly for the upset. I was very confident about their chances in that game, but they struggled particularly in the first half to match with the Eels. The Eels came out full of energy, um, and I think just uh, executed their set plays a little bit better than Manly, and Manly were definitely under the pump. In the second half, they did uh, come back to make a game of it. The Eels scored a try uh, to blow it out to 18-12. to 12. Um, Well, I think it was 18-6, to 6, and then Manly came back as well. Either way, they were winning 8-12 to 12 late in that game. They then kicked a field goal to make it 19-12, to 12, and... Near the end of the game, with about three minutes left, Manly scored what was expected to be a, just a consolation try, um, and they missed the goal from the sideline, so it was 19-16. to 16. Manly did have the ball, and they uh, really bring it to the Eels in the last set of the game. They were attacking about 30 metres out from the Parramatta line. Tommy Turbo uh, finds a bit of room, gets a little bit of a break, and shifts out there to the right-hand side and tries to pass that ball out to Ruben Garrick. The referees did call it a forward pass, Everybody uh, that was watching the game, or most people that were watching the game, including the commentators for Fox Sports, we all said that it was not a forward pass. Um, it didn't look like a forward pass. It looks like it came out backwards out of the hands. And, of course, the Parramatta Eels uh, won the game, even though Ruben Garrick looked for all money like he was going to score, and he basically did put the ball over the line there. Um, it cost my footy tips big time. As I said, I only got three out of eight right in round four. Um I would have took the 4 out of 8. I would have took the 50%, even though I would not have been happy with it. That was a huge, huge decision um, to call that one a forward pass. And I think the referees um, have some making up to do this weekend. But mainly, they need to stay on focus. They've got the Broncos on Thursday night, and I expect the Broncos to be a lot better in this game. Um, of course, in round 3, they did lose 34-6 to to the Parramatta Eels to restart the season. And they didn't look like they were adjusting to the new rules at all. Uh, with the 6 again, their forwards... The six-game rule, their forwards got really tired really quickly, and I thought they would respond um, strongly in round four. Um, and I said that the Roosters would beat them, but I didn't think they'd beat them by too much. Instead, what we got was a 59-nil flogging, an absolute destruction um, 
of that Broncos side. The Roosters were on fire. Take nothing away from them. They were the team that has definitely won two premierships in a row. Um, but the Broncos, ordinary defense, ordinary in attack. They looked like they didn't want to tackle at times. It was absolutely disgraceful, absolutely pathetic. And I feel sorry for their fans after, of course, last year in the prelim finals, losing 58-0 to the Eels. And then the Bron- and then the Roosters responded early in the season by beating them 59-0. All that in the past five games for the Broncos. So the pressure is really on them to step up and make a statement this week. Um, because basically their season's on the line. If they get flogged by Manly, I mean, they could... They could spoil it out and not win a game for months, to be honest with you. And I think we will get an improved Broncos team. You look at their lineup um, that they named at 4 o'clock, um, and they've got, they put Xavier Coates and, and Farnborough on the wing. Staggs is back in the centres with Boyd. Um, and in the forward pack, they've made a lot of changes. Lodge is starting. They've got Oates. They've shifted him into the second row, which he's wanted to play for a long time. He finally gets his chance to prove himself there. Um, and they've got Ben Teo, who hasn't played rugby league in six years of course he's been playing rugby union since then and his last game in rugby league was the 2014 grand final uh, where he played for the Rabbitohs in their famous premiership victory he's going to be on the bench to as try to add some firepower with the bench and just looking at Ben Teo for a second when you look at him in his prime he was an outstanding player for both the Broncos and the Rabbitohs and hopefully he can add some some much needed spark to this Broncos outfit but I think they'll be a lot better this week and uh they're going to need to be because mainly, even though they lost last week, they're looking really good. Their combinations um, are fantastic. They've got um, Tommy um, shifting it out to, you know, Thompson, Sirenen, or even Jake Turbo, who's basically playing as another half in there. And Cherry Evans is uh, at the top of his game with his game organization in the first four rounds of the competition. And that's allowed Dylan Walker at 5'8 to kind of pick his moment and, uh, and really break the game open with some strong runs and some line breaks there. So the Broncos are going to have to be a lot better. I don't know if they're going to be good enough to take on this, uh, to beat this Manly side who are going to be filthy that they uh, did not get the two points last week. I think they're going to be fired up, and I think Manly will win this one, even though the Broncos will be improved. They've got Manly by 12 points in this match to open round five of the NRL 2020. Moving on to Friday Night Football now and 6 p.m. at Central Coast Stadium. Also, also two teams coming off losses in round four. The North Queensland Cowboys taking on the New Zealand Warriors. Also a big match, also a very important two points because the Cowboys, they're two out of four, but both their wins have been against the Titans and the Bulldogs against an immediately weaker opposition than the teams that they've lost to. Um, and the Warriors, they were very impressive, almost completed 100% against the Dragons in round three before um, getting smashed by uh, Penrith 26-0. They couldn't just get, they just could not get into that game last weekend. So both these teams probably been a, a bit less than impressive to start their 2020s. Of course, the Warriors are playing with a lot of spirit and a lot of heart, um, of course, after, you know, pretty much being the reason that we've still got an NRL for the rest of the season um, with all the all the issues going on in the world. Um, so they've got a lot to play for. And I think the uh, the Cowboys, they're going to be welcoming back Jason Tamalolo this weekend, who they really missed last weekend. They've still got uh, Michael Morgan out at the moment, so their halves are still going to be Drinkwater and Clifford. Uh, but both these teams need the momentum um, to try to, you know, get get some form, get a form line for the rest of the season and really kickstart their 2020 season. I might be being a bit too harsh on the Cowboys because they have won two games, but as I said, they're, they're very inconsistent at times. And, um, you know, you've got times where people like Holmes and Drinkwaters can really stamp their authorities. But sometimes, I don't know if their forward pack has been rising to the occasion. I know for sure they didn't last week without um, Tamalolo, of course, with the exception of Josh McGuire. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. I'm just looking at the team list now, and Tom Lodler actually has been named in 20 jerseys. So he's not actually in the 17 officially yet. Um, but obviously he'll be a big boost if he's going to play for the Cowboys. For the Warriors, I mean, Tohu Harris has been in good form, and I really think it's going to be a battle of the Ford pack this match. Um, their young guys in, in uh, Katoa and uh, Tanoa Brian have both been very impressive to start 2020. Um, so I think it will be a very tight game, this one, actually. And I think um, it's even a good battle between uh, RTS and Holmes um, in the battle of fullback. I think whoever gets involved more could really break this game wide open. I am actually going to tip the upset, um, and that is the Nor- New Zealand Warriors. Um, they're paying $2.85. I think they're good value, and I think they can upset the Cowboys, who I've said this, their form's been sketchy at best recently. Um, I've got the Warriors in an upset in this game by four points. And uh, we're going to be moving on to the Friday 8pm match just in a moment. The second game of Friday Night Football is going to be a blockbuster and could be the match of the week as the undefeated Parramatta Eels take on the tied second place. Also undefeated, a bet with a draw, the Penrith Panthers um, at Bankwest Stadium. As I said, what a game we're going to have here. The Eels coming off a uh, controversial win, to say the least, against Manly last week, which I've already got into. The Panthers uh, were very impressive against the Warriors um, at times last week. Did enough to get the job done. And this is going to be probably their first real test of the season. Parramatta. I mean, that they've been outstanding to start of the year, really, even with the controversial win last year, uh, last week. And uh, their combination, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, their combination has really laid the groundwork um, on the back of their impressive performances by their forwards. People like Sean Lane, Madison, Campbell Gillard, and in particular, Junior Paulo, all been stepping up to start the season. I really like the look of their pack. And I think uh, if they can get on top of Penrith early here, um, they're going to be hard to stop. So for the Panthers, it's all about kind of stopping the Eels' momentum early. Um, Their forward pack, I think, is going to be more than up to the challenge as well. You've got Tamo, Fisher-Harris, Kikia, Yeo, who's been in fantastic form, and Appy Korosau, of course, their hooker. Um, All been in great form to start the season. Of course, they're getting back Nathan Cleary as well into the side. Interesting choice uh, by Ivan Cleary to keep Jerome Luai at in the 5'8 jersey. I think that Matt Burden's been in outstanding form, and I don't know why Cleary's not starting him. I personally would be, um, but he is on the bench there. He's 14, so it'll be interesting to see how much game time Luai does play and if Burden's even going to come in in the 5'8. I mean, he could always easily come into you know into the forward pack at lock or maybe somewhere else in the backs. So it'll be interesting to see how the Panthers line up um, shifts during the match, but I think it's going to be a very tight match. I think it's going to live up to the hype, this one. Uh, both teams, as I said, have been playing good football to start 2020. I'm going to go Parramatta in this one. I think that they can continue their momentum and go 5-0, and and that sets up a blockbuster match next week against the uh, the Sydney Roosters, the two-time, the last two premiers, um, if they can get the job done here. So I've got Parramatta probably by about eight points. I think they get on top of Penrith uh, late, even though um, the game organization of Nathan Cleary coming back in that team. You'll be fired up. You'll be ripping and tearing, ready to get out there and have a good performance after being suspended for two weeks. So I've got the Eels low-scoring one, but by about eight points in this game. Super Saturday kicks off at Bankwest Stadium at 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon when the Gold Coast Titans travel down to take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And, of course, the Titans, let's take a moment to appreciate the fact that they won their first game in a year last week, and they were... Uh, 
fantastic against the Tigers. They never gave up. They kept fighting even when things went against them. And it was a fantastic performance there. They're going up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who have, of course, they uh, they have struggled to start their 2020 campaign. They uh, got lucky against the Sharks there in round one before tough games against the Broncos when they were in form, of course, the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. Um, and they're going to be better from the run. Of course, they've got a couple of troops coming back this weekend uh, in Cody Walker and James Roberts, a couple of their veteran players there. But this isn't going to be an easy task for them. Um, you look at the momentum and the uh, the confidence that Gold Coast are playing with when they got some points early last week. Um, Ash Taylor really came into his own after some bad errors in the first half. In the second half, he was very, very good. Um, and I think the inclusion of Fogarty is taking some pressure off him and allowing him to play a little bit more of his natural game. Um, so it's going to be no easy task for the Rabbitohs. Um, and while we're on the subject of Super Saturday, let me just take a moment to uh, point out that it usually is my favorite uh, day of the week. It's where I can unwind sometimes and just have a beer and watch some footy. But in this tipping podcast, the last three weeks at least, I've been going on for a perfect round each of those weeks, and uh, Super Saturday has has destroyed it. Um, so, so in my tipping, it hasn't been uh, you know my favorite day of the week because I can't seem to get the uh, matches right on Saturday. Let's hope I can uh, change it this week. The Rabbitohs, I think they have to get back to their best. Latrell Mitchell with their positives. He looked good last week against the Storm. And they were really in that battle against Melbourne for a long time. Um, I think they cost themselves the game. I don't think Melbourne beat them so much as CS beat themselves. They couldn't hang on to the ball. There's a lot of errors there. Um, I think there was nine just in the second half on top of my head. So if they can hang on to the ball um, and play some play some you know smart football... I think they're going to be dangerous. Damien Cook hasn't um, got heaps of chances to run like everybody thought he would when this new for rule six again um, system started in the NRL. But I think it's been because his forwards um, haven't lifted as much as he's needed them to. I think they're going to be full of intent on Saturday afternoon. They're versing a Gold Coast side. Even though they're coming off a win, I think the Rabbitohs are going to be confident they can they can put the sword to them early if they can score plenty of points. Um, and I think that's what the Tigers last week kind of failed to do. I mean, they got a couple of tries early, ahead early in that game, um, but then they just kind of put the brakes on and and really put the pressure off Gold Coast, which allowed them to get back in that ga- in, in the game. And I don't think CS are going to be doing that. Um, I think they've got plenty to prove, as I said, after being subpar to start 2020. I think Latrell Mitchell might even get his first try in this game and take nothing away from the Gold Coast. As I said, they'll... They were good last week, but I think they're going to struggle this week. I've got CR Sydney in this game by 24. I reckon the Rabbitohs make a real statement here and say that their 2020 um, isn't even close to being done with. They've got a game against the Titans this week, followed up with a game of the Warriors next week. So if they play their best football, they'll be three wins and three losses instead of one win and three losses in a fortnight time. And the second match of Super Saturday is set to be an absolute thriller with two teams that have had a positive start to 2020, the Melbourne Storm taking on the Newcastle Knights at 5.30 from Central Coast Stadium. And uh, if you're looking at Newcastle's season so far, the amount of uh, the amount that Adam O'Brien has added to this side, absolutely outstanding. I mean, he's undefeated with them. Of course, they drew that match with Penrith, but they have not lost a game after four matches. And the amount of belief that he's bringing to this side is unbelievable. Uh, Mitchell Pearce is in very good form. But uh, the young guys, whether it be uh, Bradman Best, who 
uh, in his two games this season has been remarkable. His combination with Ponga has been outstanding. You've got people like Edric Lee um, that are hitting their strides, um, and their forward pack is really lifting. Um, and there's a real sense of belief about Newcastle, which is positive to see after they've gone through some rough times over the past 10 years. But they are fired up, and they're going to really bring it to this Melbourne team, who has uh, been a little bit unlike Melbourne in recent weeks. They did beat the Rabbitohs 22-8 to last week uh, in round three, of course. Uh, when the season resumed, they really struggled against the Canberra Raiders. But I think uh, they're going to they're gonna be in for a bit of a shock because Newcastle are going to bring it to them. Craig Bellamy won't be happy with the last couple of weeks' performances. As I said during the Rabbitohs preview, I don't know if Melbourne necessarily won that game on Friday night. This, the amount of errors uh, were unbelievable in that match. Um, I think the Rabbitohs might have thrown it away. Um, and it's been very unlike Melbourne the last couple of weeks. They still are free from four. So... Um, still a lot of positives to take away early in their season, but they just need to be played better if they're going to uh, compete with the bigger teams. So there's been a lot of question marks about Melbourne um, going deep into the finals in 2020, um, and they won't be helped help because if you're looking at this team list right now, Jerome Hughes has uh, been ruled out with an injury. Riley Jacks is coming at halfback. He's done the job before, um, but he's going to be at, he has to be at his best. He's going to have to combine well with Munster, who's probably been their best player over the last couple of weeks. If um, there'd be any threat to this this dominating uh, Newcastle side at the moment. Uh, a player that I'd like to really see step up for Melbourne as well is Ryan Paberhausen. He's been a little bit quiet over the past couple of weeks. He did score a, a try last week, but uh, overall um, hasn't had the same impact he did have in his rookie season in 2019. And that's a little bit hard sometimes, you know, backing up um, from a fantastic rookie season. Second-year syndrome is a real thing. Um, Cameron Smith, as well, hasn't been his usual usual destructive self, so he's got a lot to prove if he's um, if he's going to shake the tag that he might have played for one season too long. I mean, we know that he's one of the best players of all time, um, but there's even been rumours of maybe shifting him into the halves for this game. But as I said, I, I just see this Newcastle side, uh, the amount of belief they've got. Adam O'Brien has really got their team up and firing. All, all the simple things are getting done well. Um, and I think they're really going to they're really gonna make this Melbourne team um, struggle during this match. I've got Newcastle by 10 in a huge upset. It's actually my upset of the week apart from the Warriors. Um, I think they're, they've got a really strong squad and I think they can really take it to this Melbourne side. And Super Saturday will end at 7.30 at Campbelltown Stadium when the Canberra Raiders take on the West Tigers. Both of these teams coming off a round four loss. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Raiders, how the Canberra Raiders back up after their poor performance against Newcastle last week. Now, if you've followed this podcast so far during the year, you know that uh, Canberra are my prediction to win the Premiership this season. Um, but they were poor in most aspects last week. Their game management was really off. I know George Williams, he did step up um, and he's playing very well. But him and Jack Wyden um, struggled to control the game. Newcastle got on top early and they, they really struggled to get any sort of rhythm. Uh, for the Tigers, well, they've got a lot of problems. I mean, looking at their team list, um, you can see that it's indicative. But... Uh, they, uh, against Gold Coast, they were 12-0 up. They were sailing in that game. Um, and then they kind of just put the pedal off the medal and the Titans came right back to them. It's a game they should have won. Um, and it's a game that uh, they could really, really regret uh, losing come the end of the season because especially in a 20-round comp um, before the finals, every win is very important. And uh, for the Tigers who have been in that 7th to 10th kind of area the last few seasons, um, they've also got the joke that they come ninth. A lot. Um, each win is very important, and the games 
like the games the game against the Titans. No offense to the Titans, but when you're versing a team like the Titans, if you're not getting that win, you could really, really regret it later in the season. But looking at their team list, they've made a lot of changes. The most uh, public is uh, Josh Reynolds has come into 5'8", straight into the starting team, even though he had a little bit of uh, trouble early in the week with some headlines. Uh, but he has come into the team to replace Benji Marshall, who has been dropped. And I really can't believe it, because I think Benji Marshall's probably been close to the Tigers' best player this year. So that's... That's an interesting selection by Michael Maguire. He's really taking a chance and hoping uh, that Reynolds steps up there. And maybe it's um, maybe he's trying to push Benji Marshall. I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, Dewey's still playing fullback there. They put in Russell Packer back on the bench to play his first NRL game for a long time. Um, and uh, people like Michael Cheekham come back on the side as well. Same Musgrove, the former South Sydney Rabbitoh forward. Um, who has played very limited time for the Tigers. He's going to be starting prop. So they've, done a, they've made a lot of changes, this Tigers uh, team. It seems to me like they might be trying to go for a quick fix, fix after losing to the Titans last week, um, which makes me question question how they're going to go for the rest of 2020. If one loss, and it, it was a very big loss, but if, if you're going to change your whole foundation of your side, that started the, the first three rounds off pretty well. If you're going to change your whole foundation after one loss, that could be a bit of a worrying sign for them. The Raiders... Uh, Ricky Stewart, on the other hand, has kept faithful to the side. That were very disappointing on the weekend, but um, obviously they're a proven team that can make the grand uh, that that well. They did make the grand final last year. They're a proven team that can go deep into the finals. So he's showing faith there. But if they don't start performing um, this week, if they don't perform this week, you know Ricky Stewart could ring in the changes there as well. I think the Raiders will be too strong in this game. Um, as I said, these changes for the Tigers, I think, unsettles them, if anything. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to help them or not. And I've got the Raiders being too strong in this game. I think they're going to make a real statement after being very disappointed last week. I think the Raiders by 30 in this game. I reckon it's going to be an absolute flogging um, to end Super Saturday. Sunday afternoon football will start at 4pm when the Sydney Roosters take on the Canterbury Bulldogs at Bankwest Stadium. And uh, the Bulldogs... Coming off their first win of the season last Monday against the Dragons, they were, I don't know if they were impressive, I don't know if impressive was the word, but they were a lot better with Kieran Foran in that side. Um, he really added a lot of um, a lot of a go forward, a lot of a attackive spark to the side, a lot of game organisation, which they've been lacking over the first three rounds. Um, but they're up for no easy test when they take on the Sydney Roosters, who we saw it on Thursday night. They were absolutely... Uh, Dominant against the Brisbane Broncos, they were scoring tries at ease, and that was about their arguably their best player, the Dalian Player of the Year in James Tedesco. He comes back into the side this week. Um, they've grown from strength from strength to strength, and a lot of people are already saying that they could potentially uh, do the unthinkable, and that's get the free peat win free premierships back to back to back. This game seems like more like a stepping stone than anything else. I mean, the, the Bulldogs, I said they were improved on Monday. They're going to uh, find a very tough test against the Roosters. And I think the Roosters just have the power all across the path to kind of get over them. The Bulldogs, um, the way Dean Pay coaches them is to stay in the grind um, and really try to pressure opponents into making mistakes. However, I don't know if he's going to get that from the Roosters. I mean, if the Roosters can score a couple tries early, uh, the floodgates could really open in this one. So uh, for the Bulldogs, it's really a, a battle of just staying in the contest early, doing all the simple things right, completing your sets, and, and seeing what happens against, as I said, this dominant Roosters uh, side, in particular their dominant forward pack. 
Uh, so in this game, I've got the Roosters. I, I don't see how you can go any other way. I've got the Roosters by 24. I reckon there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one uh, by the Sydney Roosters, and hopefully the Bulldogs can stay with them for a long period of time to uh, give us an entertaining game. And Sunday at 6.30, we'll see the end of the round when the St. George Illawarra Dragons, the struggling St. George Illawarra Dragons, take on the Cronulla Sharks at Campbelltown Stadium. And uh, for the Dragons, it was more the same on Monday. Um, they were as disappointing as a team I've ever seen. Um, terrible performance against the Bulldogs. They were pretty much playing potentially for their coaches' uh, career. We, we saw on Tuesday morning that that was not the case, that the Dragons will be backing Paul McGregor for the rest of the year. Um, but they did not fire a shot at the uh, Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs didn't even play that well, in my opinion. So very bad signs by the Dragons. You look at this side on paper, and they've got a pretty impressive lineup, um, as in there's some key players that have played Origin, played for Australia, and the side just has been so disappointing this season. Um, if you follow my podcast, I, I spoke last week at length, and I'll try not to get into a big rant here this week, but I spoke last week in uh, length about how I think the, the whole club needs to change. They need to clean in the whole club out um, everywhere. And I thought they needed an experienced uh, first-grade coach to come in and really uh, level this playing roster and make them um, have something to play for and make them believe in themselves and add a lot of discipline and tell them that performances like this aren't going to be good enough. They responded when Paul McGregor's job was pretty much on the line, um, very, very poorly. And I think it's going to be a, a very long road to uh, to having any sort of success for the St. George Dillard Dragons. Um, you look at the lineup this week, uh, Tarek Sims is injured. So is Willie Arme, the young rookie. So they put in um, they put in Funamanu in the second row and they put in uh, Ewan Aiken back into the starting team after a long absence. Matt Dusty's come back on the bench as well. So they've got some changes there. Um, I don't know if they are the answer, and I think this Cronulla team, who had a, they weren't great on the weekend against the Cowboys, but they did enough to get their first win of the year, a much-needed victory to get off the mark. I think they're growing with confidence after every game, and I think they will be a lot better this week. Um, they've got Townsend back in the house with Johnson. Moylan's finally going back to fullback. He was impressive in 5-8 the first two weeks, especially on the weekend. Um, and Fafita finally comes back on this side, and... The Dragons, on paper, could win this game, but with their awful sort of form and their lack of belief, and really the black, uh, the lack of belief all around the playing roster and uh, all around the community here in the Illawarra um, and in St. George, I just can't see them lifting enough for this game. I think Cronulla uh, would be too good for them. I've got Cronulla by 20, um, and I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a few matches where I've got a, a lot of like big score lines this weekend where they've got teams blowing other teams out. It wasn't playing that way. I just, the more I look at this game in particular, um, if they couldn't score a try after 160 minutes of football, I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna have to do um, to score against the Sharks. They're gonna have to blow everything up and go back to the basics because this side could have a they could go without through 2020 without a win. I mean, if they were versing the Titans this week, I would be tipping the Titans. And that's no offense to the Titans. They got their first win of the year last week. But uh, for a Dragons team, for a team with such a storied and decorated history to be going this bad and players that they're paying almost a million dollars for just simply aren't turning up. It's extremely disappointing and it's extremely uh, frustrating for all their fans. And really, they deserve and they should expect better from this Dragons lineup. So I've got Cronulla by 20 in this one. 
And that is my tips for round five of the NRL Tulsa Traineeship for 2020. Looking to bounce back after a terrible week last week where I got three out of eight. Let's recap my tips. I've got uh, mainly being too strong for the improved Brisbane Broncos team on Thursday night. I've got the Warriors in a huge upset against the Cowboys who may or may not have Jason Tamalolo back. I've got Parramatta winning in a very entertaining match, maybe the match of the week there against the Penrith Panthers. I've got the Rabbitohs being too strong for the Titans. Newcastle upsetting uh, a Melbourne team that's struggling to adapt to the rule changes. I've got Canberra bouncing back against the Tigers, who uh, will be very disappointing again. I've got the Roosters being way too strong for the Bulldogs. And I've got Cronulla um, putting the sword to the Dragons and making the Dragons start their season with zero wins and five losses. So those are my tips for round five of the Telstra Premiership. Going to my bets of the week quickly. With my fifty dollars that we usually spend each round, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna recommend, and I'm gonna put uh, twenty five dollars uh, straight on the New Zealand Warriors to upset the North Queensland Cowboys. They are paying two dollars eighty, so uh, twenty five on there. You're looking at about seventy bucks. Um, pretty good, not bad. Seventy bucks, yeah, it's about seventy. Um, and with the other 25, let's put a multi on. We're going to go. We're going to go mainly one to 12, which I'm going to look up the odds um, very shortly for that one. I think you should probably, being so short against Broncos, you're probably looking at about 253 bucks for one to 12. But I'll, I'll check it out right now for you. Bear with me for one second. I know this probably doesn't make the most entertaining um, podcast. <laughs> Need is looking up some odds, but they are three dollars one to 12. So mainly one to 12. I'm going to throw that in with uh, Parramatta just to win against the Panthers. And we're going to put uh, Canberra 13+. plus. So a bit of an interesting bet there, a bit of everything there for you. That will give us $10.15. So 25 bucks on that one would get you about $250. So those are my bets of the week. Those are my tips for the week. Thank you guys for following and supporting uh, my journey through my first podcast. Like always, uh, please like the Facebook page if you haven't Steve's NRL Footy Tips, SFF, uh, SFT, sorry, on Facebook. Uh, please subscribe on Apple, leave a review, subscribe on Spotify, and check this podcast out. Any place that uh, support podcasts. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys for round six, hopefully, after I get my first perfect round of the season. This is Stephen Westway signing off for another edition of SFT. Thank you very much.